Welcome to the She Temple of Cosmology with your host, Dr. Power Tune. Hello. Welcome to another She Temple of Cosmology episode presented by Power Tune, Shiamaru Estate, and the Indigenous Tribal Education. My name is Halam Shiamaru, and I am your moderator, and it is my pleasure to welcome each and every one of you. For those of you that have joined us here before, welcome back. And for those of you that this is your first time, welcome to She Temple of Cosmology. Here at She Temple of Cosmology, we offer a unique perspective on mental, emotional, and spiritual destiny as we focus on healing, mental, and spiritual growth using an indigenous paradigm. So sit back, relax, and allow your mind to be unlocked and explore a new life journey that will foster an environment for growth. So without any further ado, it is a pleasure, a privilege, and an honor to present to some and introduce the others, our own Dr. Powell Jones Shiamaru. Peace and blessings, family. I pray all is well today and everyone is doing excellent this beautiful Sunday. Uh, we have a lot to cover today and uh, we're going to try to touch as much as we can of this material and uh, attempt to give you better insight into many things of spirituality that we find in cosmology. This is the purpose of the She Temple of Cosmology, to expand and expound on the ministry of cosmology and spirituality for the Aboriginal Republic of North America. This is essential for us. We have to... uh, rid ourselves of those things that are hindering our spiritual growth. And many of those are our antiquated ideas about God. These concepts that are unnatural, these ideas that have been misinterpreted over really thousands and thousands of years. Today, we want to take a step and look deeper into the words found in the Quran. And I know that many uh, indigenous people, many of us may say, well, what does the Quran have to do with us? And I'm here to tell you today that it has everything to do with us. It has everything to do with us. It has not been presented to you and I. In its original format, it has not been presented to us as our own. And when it when we get information that is not received as our own, we tend to adapt the behaviors of those who present it to us. We find that in all the desert religions that came to America. We find that in Christianity. And we see our people adapting to the ways and norms of the Christians. We see um, with Judaism, uh, people have adapted the ways and norms of the Hebrew or Jewish people. You see that in Islam. You see our people uh, adapt to the ways and norms of Arabs. 
And this is not uh, what the creator has prescribed for us. I like the word prescribed because the Quran literally says that the Siam is prescribed for you as it was prescribed before you for those before you that you may guard against evil. Siam is fasting. And on 12-1, as our illustrious chief, Namataga Shiali, has taught us the sitting of Sirius will occur on 12-1. And this is in alignment with the words of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad that we take the month of Ramadan in December. Well, we take the month of December for Ramadan. I need to uh, really take some time over the next month as we go through the practice of Ramadan and the experience of Ramadan and our at indigenous Ramadan, because we have to uh, we have to understand it better. I have my ear to the ground. I'm listening for feedback, uh, looking for feedback, and I'm seeing that we have not really abreast ourselves to the information given to us by Aboriginal University through our beloved chief. We have not abreast ourselves of the information enough to curtail it to our lives. This tells me that we don't really understand the information. This tells me that we are not delving, that we continue to skirt on the surface of the knowledge. We won't go deeper. We just want enough sometimes, and this is not a, 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 cha- a chastening for anyone, but Sometimes, some of us, we just want enough to have bragging rights. To say that we know something. Or we have our own perception of it and we will go along with our perception in our own way. Nature has prescribed a way for us. And when we uh, rebel against that which nature has prescribed for us, we uh, rebel against our own creative potential and the reason for us being here. We rebel against our own purpose. And there's no way that we can achieve equilibrium if we continue to work against our own purpose. How we were designed to function on this plane of existence. So I want to continue. Let me start with Dua. I got a little carried away there. But it's always important to start all things in the name of Allah. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نحبد وإياك نستعين إدينا صراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم عيل محجوب عليهم ولا دولين آمين آمين Today we will talk about كلمات توحيد the word of oneness. The word of oneness is essential that we understand this saying. There are many people who uh, use the term Muslim and they say they are Muslim and they have uh, many different interpretations 
of what that is. As indigenous people, we need to come to understand what that means for us and cease to utilize the that others are using as it is prescribed for them or as they have prescribed it for themselves, rather. We have to come back to the root. We have a confusion going on in our in our space, in our reality. We have a confusion. We believe that the Aboriginal people are akin to one space on the orb, that we only come from one place. But the Aboriginals are from the earth. We came with the earth. We came with it. Think about that now. Reflect on that. You came with it. So what is the cosmology of the Qur'an? And what is uh, important for us to understand from this illustrious kitab? Kitab means book. So, I wrote this and I want to share it with you. In the time of darkness, it is only then that the stars are visible. In a time of darkness, listen to me very well. It is only then that the stars are visible. In observation of our indigenous Ramadan, Sharing my studies on Qur'an in the solar system, in the language of the Qur'an, Qura, misnomed Arabi, there are a few names for stars with great meaning. I want to share those names with you. The two names I want to focus on today are Najim and Qaqab. Najim and Kokab. These both words mean star or some uh, planetary orb. The 53rd surah of the Quran is called An-Najim, the star. And in that surah is making reference to Sirius. The first ayat reads, by the star when it sets. Ayat 2, your companion errs not, nor does he deviate. It's a deep surah. We will go further into Sirius as we proceed forward. But Najim is a star that is bright and never changes. It can guide you. When you look at it, it is always visible to your eye. Like Sirius, it is always visible to the eye. Now, sometimes at night we would look up in the sky and you see stars that flicker. You know, and you'll see it, it looks like it's twinkling. You see, we, 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 <laughs> we've learned from the colonizer these songs, twinkle, twinkle, little star, and all this. But there's great scientific meaning to this. And our ancestors wrote it in the Kitab. Kokab is a flickering star. You look sometimes, you... You can see it, and sometimes you can't. It flickers. It's not reliable for navigation. Najim, and Najim is serious. Serious is, is uh, reliable for navigation. 
Gokep and Gokep Star is not reliable for navigation. Or is it? These are the basic understanding of these stars. However, as we delve, we find newer forms of life. The planets. It is difficult to say whether they are referred to in the Quran with the same exact meaning that is given to the heavenly bodies in the present day. The planets do not have their own light. So when we look up at night and we see a Venus or we see uh, uh, Jupiter or we see Mars, we're seeing the reflection of light. Planets do not produce their own light. They revolve around the sun, Earth being one of them. While one may presume that others exist elsewhere, the only ones known are those in our solar system. I repeat, they may presume, but the only ones that are known are in our solar system. The Quran would seem to uh, designate these by the word kokab, and in the plural, kokib, without stating their number. There is a surah in the Quran, surah 12, it is entitled Yusuf. <clears throat> and in this surah, we find that this uh, prophet had a dream. And in the dream, he refers to 11 stars. 12 of them and 4, including himself. But the description is, by definition, an imaginary one. It's an imaginary one. A good definition of the meaning of the word kokab in the Quran seems to have been given in a very famous ayat. The eminently spiritual nature of its deeper meaning stands forth and is moreover the subject of much debate among experts in exegesis. It is nonetheless of great interest to offer an account of the comparison it contains on the subject of the word that would seem to designate a planet. Here is the text in question. Surah 24, Ayah 35. Again, Surah is a chapter, Ayah is a verse. We can get deeper, but that's sufficient for today. Allah is the light of the heavens and the earth. Allah is the light of the heavens and the earth. The similitude of His light is as if there were a niche, and within it a luminary. The luminary is in a glass. The glass, as if it were a planet glittering like a pearl. The luminary is in a glass. The glass is as is if it were a planet glittering like a pearl. Here the subject is the projection of light onto a body that reflects it. Glass. Here is the subject. The projection of light onto a body that reflects it and gives it the glitter or flicker of a pearl like a planet that is lit by the sun. This is the only exemplary detail referring to this word to be found in the Quran. 
The word is quoted in other verses. In some of them, it is difficult to distinguish which heavenly bodies are meant. Surah 6, Ayah 76, Surah 82, Ayah 1 through 2. In one verse, however, when seen in the light of modern science, it was seen very much that these can only be the heavenly bodies that we know to be planets. That we know to be planets. In Surah 37, Ayah 6, we see the following. We have indeed adorned the lower heaven with an ornament, the planets. We have indeed adorned the lowest, the lowest heaven with an ornament, the planets. It is possible that the expression in the Quran, lowest heaven, means the solar system. It is known that among the celestial elements nearest to us, there are no other permanent elements apart from the planets. The sun is the only visible star. I reiterate, reiterate, the sun is the only visible star in the system that bears its name. It is difficult to see what other heavenly bodies could be meant if not the planets. I hope you're listening. I hope you're taking notes. Quran Surah 6, Ayah 97. Allah is the one who has set out for you the stars. Allah is the one who has set out for you the stars that you may guide yourselves by them through the darkness of the land and of the sea. We have detailed the signs for people who know. Surah 16, Ayah 16. Allah sets on the earth landmarks by the stars guide for men to guide themselves. Surah 10, Ayah 5. Allah is the one who made the sun a shining glory and the moon a light and for her ordained mansions. Mansions. <laughs> so that you might know the number of years and the reckoning of the time. Allah created this in truth who explains the signs in detail for people who know. I wanted to share this aspect with you. So that you could become more endeared with the book, more endeared with the language of Quran, misknown in Arabic, understanding that it is your language. Just because someone else is speaking it doesn't mean it's not yours. The best Arabic in the world or Quran in the world spoken uh, is spoken by the Sudanese people. Ironically enough, the very papyrus that the Quran was written on came from the Neolithic Sudan. I continue. Now, there are going to be some, a uh, little bit of Arabic here, a little bit of uh, Quora here, but you'll get the meaning. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that we should teach it in a way that is so plain that a fool would find it hard to make a mistake. And I tell you, the biggest reason for this conversation today is that we can get away from idolatry. So we can break away from especially in the season that we are entering into at this moment, the so-called holiday season, and none of these days are holy. The so-called Thanksgiving, 
which celebrates the slaughters of our own ancestors. And many of us will pull up at the table and celebrate this coming week to celebrate the own slaughter of our very own ancestors without knowledge, without knowledge. And many of us will say, I'm reclaiming the day from our own. And that's fine. I know it's a time where we can spend with our families and feel the warmth and the joy uh, of being with each other. But be certain this week when you sit with your family and you're sharing that meal, hopefully you will have the the foresight to produce a carbon-based meal that your family could eat something wholesome and healthy that would be really nutritious for their body. I pray that you would use this time together to reflect on words of wisdom and begin to move yourself from uh, spookism and hocus-pocus and move more towards scientific research and understanding of your very nature. This is what's going to take you to the next level of life. Times are changing. And they're changing at the speed of darkness. If you are not equipped to move and adapt, you will go the way of the dinosaur or the dodo, whichever one you choose. So, we want to go a little further now into the meaning of the word of unity. So we're at about half time. So I'm going to take a break now and allow for station identification. As they used to say when I was a young man listening to television. Uh, and then we'll go into the conclusion of this. And I want you all to really tap your friends, call them up, tell them they don't want to miss this. This is going to be groundbreaking. Thank you, Dr. Powhatoon. You're listening to OnTheWakeUpRadio.com. Also, sign up for OTWTUBE.com and it's UncensoredFreeSpeech.com, right? It's basically Uncensored Free Speech, which we don't have anymore. Um, <laughs> also, check out the She Temple of Cosmology on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, also on otwtube.com, the replays. Uh, This is the brother's fourth show, the doctor's fourth show. Please support. Uh, As far as ads and sponsors, please reach out to Dr. Powhatoon or Halam. That way we're global and this is not just Clubhouse. This is worldwide. So I thank you and Halam. Do you have any announcements? Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, Cindy. We really, truly appreciate the emphasis on that. Um, just a few additional words from um, from a few of our sponsors. Powtoon Shiamaru Estates and the Indigenous Psychology Tribal Education Firm offers a unique perspective to an emotional and spiritual destiny for Indigenous people. The more self-aware we are, the more we can carve out our own chosen destinies by affording ourselves the opportunities to master self. The less less self-aware we are, the more we subject ourselves to fate determined by outside influences we are unaware of. Indigenous psychology is the only study that properly identifies the mind. Stop trying to figure it out alone. Find your purpose. Rewrite the narrative for your life. Contact. Powhatoon Shiamaru Estates, 
and the Indigenous Psychology Tribal Education Firm today to schedule your appointment. You can contact Dr. Powhatan and his staff by calling 1-844-414-DR-SHE. That's D-R-X-I. Again, that number is 1-844-414-DR-SHE, D-R-X-I. Or check out the website at www.powhatanshiamaru.org. Emish Shiamaru Estates presents Elements of Change an Indigenous Transformation Coaching Experience. Emish has a master's degree in clinical social work and over 20 years of experience working with individuals, families, and groups. Her coaching modalities integrate trauma-informed approaches and Indigenous psychology to educate and guide clients through trauma recovery. Emish also specializes in interpersonal development social emotional learning for adults and children, and meditation, visualization, and movement programs to rewire survival brain. Also coming soon, Reiki energy healing sessions presented by Elements of Change. Be sure to contact Elements of Change to schedule your session soon. You can contact her at she, that's xi dot transforms at gmail.com. Again, that is she xi transforms at gmail.com or feel free to give her a call at 804-888-2813 again that's 804-888-2813 you can also showcase your business and other businesses here on the she temple of cosmology show feel free to contact contact us with the following information your name business name email address phone number website, a brief description of your services, and social media contact information. That information can be sent to shetempleinfo at gmail.com. Again, that's shetempleinfo at gmail.com. The highlight of your weekly showcase on here on She Temple of Cosmology are not just limited to the Clubhouse platform, as our producer mentioned earlier, but the amazing thing about showcasing your business here is that the show's episodes are simulcast to other platforms, which broadens your exposure to both national and international audiences. Thank you. And thank you, Brother Halam, for those beautiful announcements. Thank you, Sister Sydney, for those uh, beautiful announcements. And uh, again, for your uh, contribution to to what we're doing. Again, I'm going to reiterate what they both have said. Uh, We are operating internationally here. I think this is a a, 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 magnificent, a magnificent experience to be able to share the information that we have gained through our life's quest, our life study, many of us, and those of us who are students here in Arna uh, and through Aboriginal University, being able to share these sciences and technologies with our brothers and sisters globally is absolutely essential. So we're not just studying to be Aboriginal doctors and jurists and cosmologists to, you know, uh, sit around our house and, and, and share the information with each other. And debating information back and forth within your own culture and environment is good and is great to build, but that information it will have to expand to the broader, broader community if order, in order to have a healing in the broader community. But that healing has to first take place within yourself. 
So the proper practice and application of this wisdom has to take place. And this is why I'm taking the time to explain these things to you in such uh, detail so that you would have a better understanding of the questions I'm sure that are coming at you on a daily basis. There are so many people who can't reconcile the concept of uh, Islam and indigenous peoples. And this is simply because they just don't have a, a, a clear understanding of the origin of Islam or any of the religions that uh, we call religions today. All of these religions have derived from the ancient studying the stars. And as they studied the stars, they wrote down their depictions of what they perceived in those stars. Think about that. Just, just reflect over that for a moment. They wrote down their depictions. Now you and I are studying those writings and we are taking it literally. This is not what the intent was. This information that uh, we are blessed to have was not intended to be literal. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said and taught us that there were cities all over the planet. There were cities much more advanced technologically than what we see today. He said that we looked into our history and we saw a wicked people coming onto our planet. And so we buried those cities in the sands that they would not have our technology, that they would not have the wisdom of the ancients to run their civilization because we knew from their inception, their time and their ending. And we know today that their ending has come. Their time is up. Their day is over. And now it's time for you to stand up and take your rightful position on the planet. You have to now uh, utilize the gifts and abilities that you've been given. You can no longer uh, sit around and pontificate and uh, masturbate or become incestuous with the wisdom. I say incestuous because it's just crossing before, back and forth between people, family members that you already know. Let's branch it out now. It's time to take this to the four directions, the four corners of the world. So proper understanding is essential. And this is why we have designed the class on the 30th to get you a better understanding of Ramadan, of indigenous Ramadan, to understand what Sirius is, when it sets, when it rises, when it moves, to understand what the fasting is about. This isn't a diet. We're not on a diet for 30 days. We are in the deepest spiritual quest to get into the inner sanctum, sanctorium of your own reality that you will ever experience. There's one night in this month that is called the night of power that is said it is better than a thousand nights. Better than a thousand nights. What are we going to do? Let it get by? Think we're doing something because we didn't eat all day? It's deeper than that. Much, 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 much. You're just skirting on the top, like surfing on water. And yet under your feet, there's a treasure that you can't even see. So the meaning of the word of unity, the kalimat al it is pronounced, La ilaha illallah. 
And this comprises the foundation of uh, what is known today of the Islamic faith. Now, la ilaha illallah, literally, taken literally, it means there is no God. Only Allah. There is no God. Only Allah. If we evaluate its meaning, la means no. La means no. Illa means God. There is no God. Illa la illa. There is no God. Note that the first part of the word of unity is denunciation. The first part is a denunciation. There is no God. There is no deity. There is no. That's a definite. Which, after which, it establishes the reality. Illa Allah. There is only Allah. It is paramount. It is a paramount importance. Mm. That we understand how big a mistake it would be to evaluate and translate this statement according to the colloquial language spoken by the 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 Arab population today. The Arabic of today, the Arabic that they speak today, is as far removed from the ancient text as is English is removed from the King James Bible. You don't walk around saying, may thou use the rest of the roomist. <laughs> you don't talk like you're in, in, in um, medieval times. So we have to see it from a different perspective. Let me give you an example. You're going to like this example. The Quran, this nomad Arabic statement, la rajulun illa ali, la rajulun illa ali, can be translated literally as there is no real man except but Ali, or there is no man like Ali, or among the men, none. Are Ali's alike. Note that all of these statements denote that there are in fact other men. But they are not like Ali. However, when the word illa is used in conjunction with the word Allah, it does not mean a God like Allah. That is, it should not be understood as there is other gods, but none are like Allah, as the very meaning denoted by the word Allah invalidates the supposition from the onset. Just as the auxiliary verb was, when used in conjunction with Allah, loses its general meaning and is taking, taken excuse me, as the present simple tense. When the word Except Ilah appears next to the word Allah, it also loses its general connotation and is taken to mean only. Only. Here's an example. 
Kana Allahu Ghafiru Rahim cannot be translated as Allah was Ghafur and Rahim as the qualities denoted by the name Allah cannot be subject to time. They are present and ever effective. Similarly, illa Allah cannot mean except Allah. It cannot mean that. Which denotes the existence of a being outside of Allah. As though they are separate beings. There's another uh, uh, expression you know, of, of, of that reality. The compositional qualities of the one to which the word Allah refers does not accept the existence of another. Let me repeat that for you. The compositional qualities of the one, of the one, I had, I had not only one unique, this unique being, this unique reality that is incomparable and nothing else is like this. You and I are only a reflection of that. The compositional qualities of the one to which the word Allah refers does not accept the existence of another, especially that beside itself. Hence, kani illa and all other expressions that denote time and other existence must be construed appropriate to the meaning of Allah when used in conjunction with it. Otherwise, it will inevitably result in the conception of a God beyond. There is no God. When we look at this in English, you have to see this. There is no God outside yourself. There is no God. There is only Allah. In light of this consideration, the first message that was given is there is no God. That was the first message. La ilaha. La ilaha. La ilaha. That's the first statement. Only after this definite denunciation are we told illallah, as explained above, because the word illah is used besides the word Allah. The only correct construal of this statement can be only Allah, as opposed to accept Allah or but Allah, for there is no other being in existence to which Allah can be compared to or excluded from. Therefore, in other in order for the unity and oneness, non-duality of the Ummah to be communicated correctly, the word of unity must be understood and translated accurately. Now I know that was a lot. I know that was a lot. But you know what? I'm I'm tired of dumbing it down. You're gonna have to come up and get it. I'm just gonna keep it one hundred with y'all. I'm really getting tired of of uh, feeding babies milk. You know, get to your books, make time for yourselves, get deeper into your studies so that you can understand. This should be so easy to grasp because you should be ready to move into this now. Here we are, uh, ten days away from the setting of Sirius, and we move directly into Ramadan. So we have to prepare for that. Everything in life has to be prepared for. If it's not prepared for, then we have chaos. We know this, but we don't prepare still. 
So we have to do better. And we have to do better with communicating with each other in order to be prepared for this journey. I continue. I want to go further for a few more minutes in this uh, between understanding between the difference between worship and servitude. And it's important to understand that because when we think of a God, we're thinking of a being to be worshipped. But there's a deeper meaning here, and we need to see that in order to get in line with what we need to do as far as developing uh, what we're doing uh, with our government. You, there's a spiritual line that runs through this. You know? And I'm going to share it with you within the next few minutes, a, a little bit of it. But as we continue on, I'm going to say this one more time. I urge everyone to take my course on the 30th of the month. And learn everything you can about Ramadan. We'll be teaching how to raise the energy, how to properly uh, break the fast, start the fast, the timing. Everything in detail will be printed out beautifully uh, by my assistant Zahara in a beautiful PDF format. You'll have it for the month. You'll be able to go through it, make reference to it, and answer all your questions. So I urge you to uh, check that out. It's on our website. And uh, be a part of this magnificent journey that we are entering upon. Now, so what is worship as opposed to servitude? What is that? And why is it important? So if there's only Allah, and Allah is not a God to be deified or idolized or worshipped, as per the message, there is no God. In fact, Allah isn't even a God. That is beyond man and creation. So what is worship as opposed to servitude? To deify or worship something necessitates the existence of a God. That is, the very act of worshiping someone or something means there is a worshiper and one that is worshipped. This leads to duality. There is a you as an individual, and then there is your God who is beyond you, and you worship this God. Clearly, this is an interaction between two parties. We may say then that worship in this context refers to the collection of the activities that are done in respect to this earthly or heavenly Exterior God. The verse, Abu Hu, Abu Hu, who's servant. Remember, I taught you last week, who is the personal pronoun for the divine, meaning the primal essence of everything. So the phrase Abu Hu in the Kalamada Shahada, the word of oneness, clearly indicates that servitude is necessarily. To the absolute essence that is who? Servitude, it is necessarily, it is necessary to be uh, given to the absolute essence of you. That is, to who? And I like this term who because the Honorable Elijah Muhammad asked the question. He said, who is the original man? And the answer is the original man is the Asiatic black man, the maker, the owner, the cream of the planet Earth, God of the universe. But when I look at the sound of this word, who is the original man? I see a statement 
when I study the Quran language and I know the word who means this primal essence, this uh, this absolute essence of reality, then who is the original man takes on a different understanding from me. And that question mark turns into an exclamation point and it tells me who is the original man. That's what the meaning of servitude. All output by individual based on his creation program and natural disposition is termed servitude. I repeat, all output by an individual based on his creation program and natural disposition is termed servitude. As the 56th ayah of chapter uh, Ad-Durat says, I have created the jinn and the men only so that they may serve me. I have created the jinn and the men only that they may serve me by means of manifesting the qualities of my names. As such, it is not possible for the creation of Allah to transgress the purpose of of their existence. Mm-hmm. It is not possible for the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to transgress the purpose of their existence. Their verse indicates a clear verdict and its result. It is also pertinent to remember the verse there is no animate creature but that he holds his forehead. There is no animate creature but that he holds his forehead, his brain, the programming of the brain by the name Al-Fatir, Quran 11.56. In point of fact, the verse, it is you we serve, is the opening of Surah Al-Fatiha. It exposes the meaning we perform our duty by executing the necessary functions of our creational program and the purpose for which you have created us. I'm going to repeat that. That's, that's, very, that's a point we need to take a look at. In the verse, it is you we serve. In the opening surah, Al-Fatiha, it exposes the meaning We perform our duty by executing the necessary functions of our creational program and the purpose for which you have created us. Kul, say, everyone acts according to his own creation program, his natural disposition. Quran 1784. So, I only have a few minutes Servitude is the output of activity by individual manifestation. Servitude is the output of activity by individual manifestation based on the creation program given to them by Al-Fatir, the originator. Given to them by the originator. That is, when individuals live according to their natural disposition, they are serving the purpose of their creation. 
oblivious of submission or rebellion, all activities of all individuals can be thought of as servitude. Submission and rebellion are different types of servitude. Allah says in the Quran, the seven heavens and the earth and whatever is in them disclosed as by him manifest the structural qualities of whose name is by constantly changing states. And there is not a thing that does not disclose by his hand. But you do not understand their disclosure, their ways, their discourse, their disposition. Servitude in the form of uh, of pursuit of an individual trying to know his essence and origin. Servitude in the form of rebelliousness on the hand, on the other hand, is the collection of activities that prevent and deprive the individual from the treasures within his essence, which leads to remorse. This is the pain I hear daily from you. This is the cry I hear from you daily. The cry I hear is that you are not living within your purpose. And you are not spending time, spending time, spending time investing in yourself to live in that purpose. And therefore, by not living in your purpose, you deprive yourself of your individual treasures that are within your own essence. And that leads to your remorse and your discontent and your uh, resentment. Therefore, while servitude refers to a lifestyle befitting one's creational purpose, worship is the deification of a supposed God by honoring him and expecting him to grant you wishes in return. Thus, it may be concluded that God is worshipped while Allah is served. And then, should servitude be Allah, by Allah be performed? In order to answer this question, one must first discern the ahad quality of Allah, for the ahad quality is comprehended well. One can see with foresight that there is no duality in existence. The concept that there is Allah and there is also the universe outside of Allah becomes obsolete. In other words, the common approach that beyond and other than this cosmos there is a God is completely false. Allah disclosed to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is not a god. Allah disclosed to Muhammad is ahad, unique. Allah disclosed to Muhammad the possessor of infinite meanings, which he constantly observes. The realm of observation in the realm of names. What I mean by names, in respect of his absolute essence, he is Wahid ul Ahad, the absolute one. In respect of his attributes, he is Hey, the one who gives life to the names and manifests them. Hey, ya, hey, ya, hey, ya, hey, ya. Where did that come from, family? Alim, the one who, with the quality of his knowledge, infinitely knows everything in every dimension with all its facets. The murid, the possessor, the, uh, the possessor of absolute will. Qadar, the absolute boundless one who manifests and observes his knowledge without depending on causality. 
Basir, the one who is constantly observing his manifestations and evaluating their outputs. Kalim, the discloser, he possesses infinite meanings and qualities which have all been expounded by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, the next class, we're going to start talking about who was the real Muhammad who disclosed all this hikmah, wisdom to us. Where did he come from? Who hijacked him? And why was he hijacked? That'll be the first part of our talk. And then we will expound very heavily into Sirius. On the 5th of December, we will expound on Sirius and we will continue to explore Ramadan this month as the most intense study of our year. And if we all do this together, I guarantee you we can raise the vibration of the Aboriginal Republic of North America and allow that vibration to go down into the core of our planet and begin to change the energy that is currently on her. So with that, I close. I thank you for listening. And may Allah bless you as I greet you in peace. Assalamu alaikum. I want to uh, uh, leave any further announcements for Alam, and then we'll close out with dua. Alam. Thank you, uh, Dr. Powhatan. I truly appreciate the message. I just wanted to extend this opportunity for those that would like to support our efforts here at She Temple of Cosmology to help with the continuous spreading of this powerful indigenous message. We welcome and accept all tokens of appreciation. Let's feel free to reach out to uh, Dr. Powhatan at communicatingbetter222 at gmail.com or you can reach out to shetempleinfo at gmail.com. Thank you for everyone in attendance. Flawed individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Deang. Cindy Ashby. On the wake up. So here it is, y'all. Are you tired of being censored? Shadow banned? Shit, are you just tired of creating content and making these platforms famous? Well, I'm asking you to support OTW2. It's the black YouTube. Why, you may say? Because our content is important and necessary. And because anytime we tell the truth, they shut us down on their platform. So we are behind enemy lines, so we cannot complain. We just got to move accordingly, smarter. So since we know many of our people won't just jump ship and go to a black site, what I'm telling you to do is don't post everything that is great on their platform. Give them perfect people a 10-second snippet, a 15-second snippet, and make them come to OTWTube and come check you out. Support black things or stop complaining. Because only unity, black unity, and black economics can change our situation. Wake up, y'all. OTWTube is where it's at.